the antidote is action. It's getting together with other vets, openly discussing this situation that they were in, and then designing some kind of action to take together to make the world better. It doesn't have to be the same thing. That's what the youth are doing. The youth are standing up and saying, I actually have to find a place to work where I can make a positive difference. I'm your host, Emily Kin. And before we start with today's show, please remember to visit Mindset.Zone. Yes, instead of .com, it's .zone. There you can find all the episodes and other amazing resources, all at Mindset.Zone. Dr. Liba Pinchot is a nationally recognized expert on helping leaders achieve triple bottom line success through widespread innovation and entrepreneurial engagement. Dr. Pinchot specializes in creating organizational transformation designed to spread through the company throughout his supply chain, and well beyond. Liba loves working with extraordinary leaders and organizations dedicated to making people and the world better. She worked with companies such as Apple, IBM, Intel, HP, Texas Instruments, DuPont, Exxon, GE, P&G, J&J, Ford, Stanford University, just to name a few. And it's truly my pleasure to ever hear in the Mindset Zone podcast to speak about how can we help people cultivate innovation. And it seems logical that the first question to be, how do you define innovation? Oh, thank you so much, Anna. Um, the simplest definition is meeting the needs of the future starting now. And, and uh, the point about innovation is that there was a long tradition of innovation being very top-down in these big organizations. And it wasn't very successful. Uh, because in actual fact, um, the number of people in the organization, the number of brains in the organization are spread throughout the employee base. Everybody has an opportunity to improve the way work is done and how the customer is served and how their other employees can benefit and how communities and societies can benefit. And so innovation isn't top-down. It's something that in order to meet the needs of the future, Everyone sees ways that they can improve things, and if they're engaged and supported in making changes that benefit both the company and the future and society, they love coming to work, being able to innovate. I love that. So it's not so much about gaskets or technology, but about a mindset of innovation. <laughs> it is about the mindset of innovation. Yeah, I'm in the right place, I see. <laughs> yes, because I, I love to meet needs of the future. Uh, and the future, by definition, is not, didn't happen yet. 
and uh, uh, by tapping into the the collective, not just the, the leaders of the organization, but truly the collective of all stakeholders, will be maybe more possible to be in sync with what is going to happen in the future to be able to meet that, those needs. Is that the idea? Yes. And the mindset isn't just residing in the individuals, because the individuals, uh, whether they're a, an innovation specialist or a sustainability specialist or just all of us average people who have jobs and companies, the innovation is in a context with a lot of barriers in it. And, and the barriers, for example, uh, there's a drive in all companies that everything has to be profitable. And so in order to get the resources to make an innovation, you often have to prove uh, that it will be profitable, which is really hard to do ahead of time, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, so that's a barrier. And the short-term focus of companies and that they really are not used to investing in things that have a long payoff. And yet, if you're meeting the needs of the future, a lot of those things will have a long payoff. And then <laughs> there are the internal silos, right? So, you know, if you're uh, the finance people and the sustainability people, they now work together, but it's not necessarily official. And then there's the individualism in this idea of what a firm is. That's a mindset. And so that a firm uh, is supposed to be competitive with all the other firms, right? And it's not necessarily supposed to be part of the community and so forth. And um, yet some of the biggest cost savings uh, around sustainability have been when uh, sustainability people in organizations have gotten together and done some long-term purchases of power and save millions and millions and millions of dollars so that the finance people say, oh my God, this is so incredible. Would you please do more of it? But that's a cross-organizational endeavor that kind of breaks the rules. Yeah. It is, so it's a lot about, and that is one of the definitions of mindset, is all the, is all the beliefs, unconscious, unconscious that an individual or organization have that in many, way, many ways determine the way that they see the world, the way that they behave in the world. And by creating and cultivating a place that allows innovation, new solutions can come up. Um, so, and I love that you spoke about this goes from an individual level to the big organization level, because I think even if somebody just working in their own businesses or in a company, all everybody has the experience of facing challenges. And if they see that as an obstacle that they cannot solve, there is not much room there to innovation. But if they see that as something that they can expand possibilities and play with it, maybe some innovative solution can happen there. Yes, and, and it's the context uh, that the leadership creates, right? It's the culture that the leadership creates so that people are 
actually allowed to make a mistake, right? Failing your way to success. But, you know, you learn where the mistakes are. Are they, an old phrase is, are they above the waterline or below the waterline? Think of a boat and drilling a hole in a boat. Is it above the waterline or below the Well, you, you know, you don't have authorization to make a mistake that would harm the company. But you do have authorization to make some little mistakes. So is uh, in order to to cultivate this uh, innovation mindset uh, in the in organization and individually, there has to be room for playing, room for exploring. Yeah, and that has to be the culture of the company, which is true in some companies, but not all of them. And I want to suggest that when we talk about employees, Paul Pullman, do you know who Paul Pullman is? He was CEO of Unilever, and he wrote this book called uh, Net Positive uh, with Andy Winston. And he, he had a blog today where he said what I think you believe, and I certainly believe, that it's the employees that are going to be the key accelerator of getting business to be more environmental mm. and more ethical. And it's sort of, he said, what if CEOs treated their employees with the same respect that they treat their investors mm. and build a purpose-driven culture? So when I'm talking about a culture, it's a culture that, that is very employee-focused. Um, now, the employees seem to have a little more accurate view of what's going on in companies. If three quarters of the leaders say, oh, we're doing everything we can for climate change, for instance, only half of the employees agree with that. <laughs> And if three quarters same, say that the leaders put the same emphasis on sustainability as profit, only half the employees believe that. And yet, Two-thirds of employees, this was in 2017, I bet it's way more now, two-thirds of employees say that they want their employers to more actively address social and environmental issues. And when you look at the great resignation that's going on, you know, and I believe so much of it is people who have had illness and inadequate daycare and inadequate social supports, but there's a, the companies are waking up to the fact that they're losing talent because They do not have a purpose-driven company. And uh, because that is how you say to see this as, and I think this is an opportunity. I, I think if we apply innovation to this, uh, the great resignation situation is also an opportunity to come up with uh, many changes that uh, already are being tried uh, in some organizations and uh, even new solutions to Uh, people to feel their their contri individual contributions, teams' contributions, have some purpose. That's right. And and in this sense, because another concept that I think you are the originator of, uh, that I think connects with this, uh, I think beautifully, is the concept of entrepreneurship. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Sure. And, and you know, it's a concept we've been talking about. 35, 40 years. And it's kind of changed over time. It, originally, these were uh, innovators who uh, saw an idea and maybe they would gather a team and they always would have to find a sponsor because you can't get resources 
you know, unless you have someone who's a little higher up. And you have to be protected from the hierarchy, which kind of stamps out. It's got an immune system, you know, it's, it stamps, stamps <laughs> out innovation in its nature. And uh, they would uh, get together and, and do a project that, that, you know, you can look at the history of the wonderful things, you know, whether it's the scotch tape I have in my hand, right? You know, or, or some wonderful technology or healthcare uh, innovations. It often would come out of an informal team called entrepreneurs. Now we're looking at, and we would do training and, and train the sponsors and train the entrepreneurs and how to basically have a small business within the organization. Right? So they, they kind of had to learn to do all the aspects of a business. And although they didn't take home the profits at the end of the day, the company got stronger and they were so thrilled to be able to have that independence to put their ideas into play. Right? Um, well, nowadays, we actually need that entrepreneurial spirit spread throughout the organization in part because change that's required, the innovation that's required, given the incoming change in society and the planet, requires so much innovation, right? Mm -hmm. And plus, people are not settling for, you know, just, you know, being cogs in the wheel. So it's almost that now it's more that entrepreneurship has to be part of the culture. That's right. And the uh, is going back again to create that safe place to play, to try new things, to uh, fail forward, um, and and to make mistakes in in a, in a context that um, allows innovation and allows people to try new things. You know, one thing I've been thinking about in the last three or four months is the price of disengaged employees, the price of inaction, right? It's a psychological price, too. We have a lot of despair in society now for very legitimate reasons, you know, the health crisis among them being leading. But um, inaction in itself produces a kind of despair. And um, I've been talking for a while about why inaction is so dangerous. Uh, there's something called moral injury. Uh, and it's a, a phrase adopted from um, the VA, Veterans Association, with uh, people who were in war and had terrible psychological uh, trauma. And it was often not so much what they had done, but what they were unable to change. Hmm. Yeah, but, but just to understand the concept. So moral injury is, for instance, you are in a war situation or in a crisis situation. It's mm -hmm. not that you injury or that you himself were part of an operation that had negative consequences, uh, or, but you feel the moral injury because you were involved in that organization and you didn't did or you feel that you didn't did anything to or you were not empowered to do something to stop that weapon that's right and it it violated your own moral core right and yet you had to be there and, and you know if you look at um 
if you look at people in companies, mm-hmm. um, you know, I I work with companies sometimes in the, uh, you know, ga- oil and gas industry, right? Mm-hmm. And they're obligated to keep the company alive. That's what they sign up for, right? And they're obligated to keep delivering the things that you and I use, yeah. you know. We drive our cars, right? Yep. And yet, they ha- they know deep down, if they don't, their children are telling them mm-hmm. that they are in maintaining the work without change, right? They are harming the future, their future, the future of the planet, the future of their children. I mean, you know, it's, it's a serious thing. And so they walk a really fine line. And to some extent, we all walk this really fine line between needing to get keep the system going because the tragedies that would happen if, if we let the system collapse, yeah. right? And also knowing that it's, it's coming toward the train wreck, you know, it's got some real flaws out there. And, you know, the youth know this, okay? There was this study just a few months ago of 10,000 young people, and they were from 10 countries, 16 to 24-year-olds. It was a really big and and reputable study. And um, the researchers said that 75% of these 10,000 youth thought the future was frightening, 75%. And 60% say they were extremely worried and that they also felt betrayed by the, either the governments or the, or the adults around them, the next generation up. And they're right on, right? And just one more thing, 40% fear having children. Wow. And, and that makes it even more important to cultivate innovation because it's almost that they are seeing the glass half empty. But if we manage to help them to see the glass half full through innovation, to empowerment in the sense that these are the people that can help us to meet the needs of the future. If we give a, a little bit, yes, it's a it's a fine line and a, a difficult line. And uh, how can we change these huge systems that uh, are are so overwhelming in so many ways? that we feel like we are victims of the system, but how can we be the butterfly <laughs> flapping our wings yeah. Yeah. To, to create that, um, that chain of events that uh, uh, can lead to a better future? You know, the most interesting thing about the, this, this particular study of the 16 to 24-year-olds is that this big group of researchers, they all agreed that this was a sign of mental health. Hmm. This was a sign of having a strong moral code. Mm-hmm. Okay, that that these these young people—they're right on. You know, they they actually are more able to absorb the truth. Their mindset is in more in tune with reality, and and so they're having a a actually a positive awareness and taking positive stances, right? Mm-hmm. And, and to the extent, and here, here's what they, here's the, 
the antidote, okay? Whether it's in vets or in the youth or in the CEO, it's the antidote is action. It's getting together what the vets, what they do with the vets is getting together with other vets, openly discussing this situation that they were in, and then designing some kind of action to take together to make the world better. It doesn't have to be the same thing. That's what the youth are doing. The youth are standing up and saying, I actually have to find a place to work where I can make a positive difference. You know, I think there's a bit of moral injury in all of us and in our leaders, which kind of gives you a, uh, a sense of compassion <laughs> for everyone, right? We're all doing the best we can. And how can we support this change? How can we support the youth to take the action together? How can we be part of the solution and help uh, create this culture where uh, innovation can happen everywhere and people are open to see it? Well, I think integrity is, is the word. And, you know, because I work in companies, let me say how companies can do that, okay? Okay, companies need to be able to walk their talk. They can't have these targets that they don't really intend to fill as far as making the future safe for the next generation. They have to have bold targets. They can't just have easy targets, right? And they have to not lobby for the opposite of their targets, right? They, that's what I mean by integrity, wholeness, right? And companies are catching on that they really cannot any longer get away without being a shining example of integrity because people are going to get real pissed. <laughs> And everybody now is uh, like... Uh, has a uh, phone in their hands so you can do a video you can put the spotlight in any uh, if they are not walking their talk they can be find out and expose much easier than before that's right that's right and 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 the other hand you know i think it's important to remember that every single one of them is trapped in a system and they really they really want to do the right thing You know, the CEO has the board, the board has Wall Street, you know, and uh, therefore, to the extent that we give them the chance by some lobbying, some citizen lobbying, right, or, or some consumer lobbying, or some, some um, you know, support in finding ways to transform, you know, of course, my work is supporting them in the transformation, And, and and this, how do you say, because another thing that you always speak about, because this is a system, it's not, it's a, the organizations have to thrive to this transformation. Uh, the consumer can and the, the youth can lobby about demanding innovation and demanding the transformation. Um, so how can, again, uh, and sometimes we could do innovate more, uh, how can we be open more to the future? Because you said innovation is meeting the needs of the future. So it's almost like we have to be in a place 
that it's okay for us to look in the horizon and imagine what it can be, uh, the good and the bad. And uh, So how can we help people in general to have that more wider perspective to be able to to look and then to be able to play with the different scenarios and solutions? You know, that's an enormous question, but... <laughs> Let's solve well, the problems of the world here. <laughs> right now, right now. I think of a, one of my favorite quotes. It's from a fellow called David Orr. And he said, hope is a verb with its sleeves rolled up. Can you repeat okay. it? Hope is a verb with its sleeves rolled up. Action again. A action again, right? Little little actions that come to fruition and suddenly you say, I've got a handle on the future, right? I did something that got better. You know, I, the, the uh, local Lions Club picked up all the Christmas trees for, full, for, for free, right? And they all got better thinking we can get together and, and do something positive for the community, right? Um, uh, because despair can be transmuted into hope. And we're always healing our moral injuries through our work. It's continuous. Mm -hmm. you know? And so if we can look out and find, how can I just help a little more? I have to take care of myself. I have to be compassionate to myself. But how can I just have a little more compassionate action in the world? I love that um, it's not about blaming or shaming because that is, again, feeding the negative circle that I, I cannot do anything and just blame and shame. It's about uh, being gentle with ourselves, but not, that is not an excuse for not doing something. That's right, yeah. And, you know, there's, there's another mindset that I think we've kind of forgotten, and that's that people are basically good. Mm-hmm. Not 100%, but almost everybody is doing the best they can. And so you can look for people to surprise you. Mm-hmm. And you can connect with them. And, and, and maybe find some common ground. And everyone can change. I, I love that. I tr- is, uh, the belief, if we have to pick a belief, why not to pick the belief that in essence people thrive to, it's the self-actualization that if we go to the Maslow, you are speaking about the self-actualization that is a, it's a positive force. And our job is to help each other be their best selves, right? Mm-hmm. And making the world better through our work. I absolutely, we can do that as individuals in our own lives, wherever we work, because it's a big <laughs> chunk of our lives. And... Uh, uh, really is, is the cultivating is be able to together because I think it's very important to stress this is not an individual thing it's a together thing that through small actions we can make a big difference so tell me where people can find out more about how to get involved even from a consumer or a company maybe let's give two several things here if a leader in a company is listening to this conversation, 
what will be a good resource for them? And if he's an employee or a consumer, what will be a good resource for them? So that two different angles. Well, there's a big list, but... Um, <laughs> One place to start. I do have a website. <laughs> yes. That, please tell the website <laughs> that I think for the, is, um, the leaders in companies will be the place to go. Yeah. And, and everyone to some extent, because it is, innovation is really a bottom-up process. So, so we all get to do it. So the website is entrepreneur, I-N-T-R-A, P-R-E-N-E-U-R dot com, Innovation for Resilience. And I know that you also wrote and co-wrote uh, a lot and including books. What will be the one that you think could be a good entry door to cultivate innovation? Well, there's a book that's been around for a long time, but you can still buy it called Entrepreneuring. By that same word, same spelling, I-N-T-R-A-P-R-E-N-E-U-R-I-N-G. And... Uh, it's a manual for all of us to be innovators. So I think that will be the place to start or a great place to start. One of the possibilities here, one of the things that when you're defining innovation, uh, I really love is that it's really open, expand what's possible in front of us. And that is one of the principles here in the mindset zone is exactly not seeing things just as one way, but the diversity of possibilities and possible ways that we can explore. Oh, thank you. I'm so pleased to be here. And I feel so at home in your mindset and expanded. Yes. Thank you so much. And uh, they can find in your website. I will make sure that in the show notes, all that information is there, including your LinkedIn profile. And let's Keep the, the big goal in mind that is making this a better world for ourselves and for the next generations. And uh, we can have our contribution to it. So thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you so much. Beautiful. Expanding possibilities, the mindset zone. Thank you for listening. And remember to visit mindset.zone. Yes, instead of .com, it's .zone. There you can find all the episodes and other amazing resources, all at mindset.zone. As always, I'm so grateful you are here. Expand what's possible for you, for the ones around you, for the world.